Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So I'm in my daughter's old room is where I am. It's the one place that I can find that will be quiet and has uh, good internet for us. So yeah, so yeah, that is a stuffed unicorn you see behind me. Talk to us about the, uh, you're kind of obscuring the stuffed teddy bear that it looks like you're holding hostage in the chair behind you. Is there a story behind that one? There's another yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's mine. That's, that, that one's mine. And you can't <laughs> let it escape. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. It is officially week one. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher. How was your Labor Day weekend, guys? Uh, it was both awesome and sad, if I'm being, you know, uh, perfectly honest. You know, um, the legendary Jimmy Buffett passed away, uh, which is very sad. But, you know, listen, it's noon on Peacock, but it is, as always... Five o'clock somewhere. Here, I'll, there we go. Camera one. It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, I don't believe this is officially licensed merchandise, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, that's all right. Uh, Jimmy's done just fine in the merchandising department. Um, and this will be hanging somewhere in the bar. I'm going to find a place for this in the bar um, somewhere. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but otherwise, you know, I uh, went to Block Island, Rhode Island with the family and um, spent the weekend drinking many, many, many margaritas yep, in honor of Jimmy Buffett. Continuing on today with yep. the Applebee's cups stocked with, uh, with Margaritaville in them. Uh, very good. How was your guys? What did you guys do? Uh, it was my daughter's third birthday, mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of that was spent negotiating with my five-year-old daughter about why she didn't get as many presents uh, as the girl whose birthday it actually was. Well, that's right. Uh, so putting out fires with the sisters, but outside of you that, You probably didn't do so well in the negotiations. No, no, I lose. I cave. Yeah, yeah. like Lionel Hutz right. in negotiating. <laughs> why, do you, why do I think you're, what your three-year-old got was like, you know, oh Mets tickets and, <laughs> Mets um, tickets. you know, like New York Liberty. Like Yankee, uh, Yankees fans. You know, right, you know. Yeah, Yankees jersey, you know. Oh, you know, you know what three-year-old <laughs> girls love is, you know, uh, Bernie you know, Williams, right? They, yeah. 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 Bernie Vintage. Williams, Bobby Hill, yeah. Bobby Hill, Bobble, Bobblehead, and oh. um, yeah, exactly, and um, you know, and uh, spreadsheets, you know, spreadsheets, spreadsheets, Look, my three-year-old daughter has a three hundred dollars bonus at this, at this, uh, you know, parlays for dummies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, parlays for dummies. What did you do, Connor? I uh, adopted a hundred-pound dog this wow. weekend. Yes, yeah, so uh, right. in honor, we had, we did the read for the rescue a yeah, couple weeks sure. ago, and it worked on you. I mean, it was already in the cards kind of before that, but yeah, a half uh, half Newfie, half Border Collie. So we'll show some pictures at some uh, point this week. A very fun Labor Day weekend. Yeah, a new like member it. of the family. New member of the family. Yes. Very, very family-oriented. Uh, very family-oriented here. So anyway, I'm, uh, you know, whatever. I'm uh, flocked up, as they say. Yes, Parrothead's uh, drink-free. Uh, yeah, the Parrothead fans, all of us drinking free uh, at the Happy Hour. And honestly, that's forever. That's yeah, forever. That one so, might stay up for a while. Um, We'll talk more about him in a little bit. But, yeah, the world lost a great one uh, this weekend. And uh, that sucked, to be honest. That really sucked. But 
you did not tune into this show to hear a bunch of memory, uh, memories about a legendary singer. You tuned in to talk about fantasy football. And we've got some Roto World player news, Connor. Yes, a lot of Roto World player news. As always, you can get all your player news on NBCSports.com. And we will start with the one that's getting the most eyeballs this week, and that is, of course, Joe Burrow. And we got to hear from Zach Taylor of what he wants to see from Burrow in practice before he could be cleared to start week one. So here's Zach Taylor. Just keep getting reps in, you know, and, and uh, I thought today was a really good day for him. It was encouraging to see, and so we'll just take it one day at a time. I'll just, he's just going to take it day-to-day right now. A lot of day-to-day right now from Zach Taylor. Yeah, he's going to play. I think that means he's going to play is he's what it means play. for Joe Burrow. He's um, going to play. Uh, real quickly, do you know who uh, Joe Burrow's backup is? Exactly. <laughs> Joe Burrow's going to play. I promise you, Joe Burrow on half a leg is better than whoever else they got there. I'm just telling you right now. I'm, I'm mark, I'm, mark my words. Yeah. Joe Burrow is going to play. Uh, Jay, has the line moved at all on this Bengals game? Do, is there any concern from Vegas that he doesn't play? No, the line is still two and a half. It did move back to Cleveland initially after he did the injury, but yeah. it, since then it's become relatively clear that he's a heavy favorite to play. If Joe Burrow was ruled out, this line would be more like Cleveland minus three. So it right. would basically flip and then some, I think. So certainly Vegas expects that Burrow will go. And the thing for Burrow is this is something that he's used to at this point, missing training camp. I mean, as you're going to see here, just the training camp issues he's had each year. He's missed a lot of time. He hasn't had much preseason action throughout his entire NFL career. So I think if you're worried about a slow start for Burrow, sure, that might be justified in some way, but this isn't anything new for Joe Burrow's NFL career. You think about that 2021 season where he came off the torn ACL. Week one, uh, weeks one through four, he averaged basically 27 pass attempts a game, slightly lower than his season average that year. But still, you know, when you get 27 pass attempts and you're getting to throw to Chase and Higgins and, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd, mixing out of the backfield, you'll take it. Yeah, Looks I'm, like not worried. A, uh, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about – anyway, Joe Burrow, proud FantasyLife.com investor, by the way, Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow, I'm starting Joe Burrow okay. everywhere I have him. One, we don't know if he's a proud fantasy life investor. We just know that he's an investor. He is two. an investor. That's true. I don't want to put an emotional state on him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He took his own money and put it into the company. So I, I feel we're like inferring. A willing. How about yeah, a willing investor? A willing investor. I'll pay that. Secondly, Jake Browning is the backup quarterback right. back on Cincinnati. Exactly. Washington legend. Not ultra familiar with Jake's work. Looks like he had a 4.0 GPA at Folsom High School in Folsom, California. Sure. Beyond that, not too sure. But uh, I don't think he's going to play this weekend, Jake. Yeah, no, we expect Burrow to suit up. But that takes us to an injury that the concern this level one's is nervous. The this concern one. level is much higher. And I'm sure Correct. many of you watching, listening, had plenty of drafts throughout Labor Day weekend and witnessed the impact of this one. And that would be Cooper Cup. And Sean McVay has come out and commented on this about Cooper Cup visiting a specialist for his current hamstring injury. We're hopeful that this will give some clarity once he goes and, and talks to these doctors because. It doesn't fall in alignment with some of the things that have ended up occurring relative to the, you know, the standard, you know, strains of the hamstring just based on what's occurred over the last month and a half. So I think we want to be able to get some clarity. Hopefully that clarity provides, you know, a better answer to, you know, what you're asking. I know Ryan Toner was a part of this, Cooper's agent, to be able to kind of figure out, all right, what is the, you know, one of the more reputable people in regards to what we think this might be that's a little bit different and a little bit outside the framework of a soft tissue. And so 
Um, he went to go see those guys. I think the most important thing is, is whenever he's able to take the field, whether that be this week, whether that be week two, whatever it is, you know, as long as he's able to have that return to performance, he's feeling like the Cooper Cup that we all know and love, and he's got some clarity on, all right, what is really going on? I think that'll, uh, you know, be a really good situation for us. So obviously the concern level here is high, guys. With Cup not being guaranteed to play week one, he could miss multiple time. And I think something you never want to hear from an injury over summer is setback right before the season begins. You know what? So we just heard from Sean, Coach Sean McVay, and you heard, you heard a lot there. You know what? I mean, like, a lot of words. You know what my, my sense for that is? You, like, when your children are older, you're going to get used to this. But maybe you, ever, you, know, maybe you have an ex-girlfriend or something like that or a friend that you've caught, like, in a lie or they, they don't have all the answers. They just, they just keep talking and talking and talking. Like, Circles. my daughter's like, well, you know, like, no, no, no. And, and, then, and then Brooke, you know, and then, no, no. And then, and then Brooke messed it up. And then, and then no. And then, and then Connor. And, then, you know, then they start talking about all their, all their brothers and sisters that whatever it is they're, they're currently accused of. And then, and then mommy called me for dinner and then I couldn't have time to, you know, I'm just like, talk and talk and yes. talk and talk. And you're you're just like, I don't know, right? Like, like, isn't the answer that you want to hear, like, he's seen a specialist just to get a second opinion, but we feel pretty good. You'll see him out there week one. And that wasn't what we got at all. I, I mean, I'm, as somebody who has Cooper Cup as one of my cornerstones on a couple of different dynasty teams, I am extremely nervous about this. And I'm not the only one because I've seen drafters he keeps dropping. I was getting texts from friends saying, like, I'm in a, you know, I'm in a high-stakes league this weekend. He fell to the end. In high-stakes leagues, you can't trade. You know what I mean? Like, it, you were stuck with your roster. There's free agency, but you can't trade. So, um, uh, you know, I'm like, he, can't, he fell to me in the middle of the second round. He fell to me to pick 20. I've seen other people in guillotine leagues where, obviously, you know, you need a high floor. It goes, you know, like fifth round. Like people are, like he's dropped. Now that's, those are weird. That's a weird league. A guillotine league is kind of a weird, but I've seen him drop to the second and third rounds in, you know, normal drafts the last couple of days because of this. Yeah. And this is one of those things where just when you follow sport every day and you follow it for years and years, you kind of get used to like the cadence of what's coming next in the injury reports. And it just feels like, just at any moment, it's going to drop. The Cooper Cup will be reevaluated in four to six weeks or something like that, right? It feels like that it's just a bad situation at the moment. And it's amplified by the fact that this Rams team has zero incentive whatsoever to rush him back because they're not going to do anything this year. The team has no one outside of Cup, Stafford, Aaron Donald. This team is not a Super Bowl contender. Cup is 30, and they're just not going to rush him back, which, by the way, when he does come back, hamstring injuries, one of the highest rates of reoccurrence in terms of injury. So I would be very nervous about Cup. Obviously, with any injury in any player, they get to a point where the risk becomes worth the reward but with cup i mean i, mean, I don't know how many games is he going to play 12 games this season like that feels dicey. i will tell you this like i'm not dropping him as far as i'm dropping jonathan taylor for sure. example like to me that's the the you know another superstar that there's a panic meter but like i think uh you, you know i think if you get down into the uh if you're in the and you're in the Devonte smith t higgins range for wide receivers it's a conversation no definitely i'm still probably i'm still probably taking cup at that point because I think I'll be able to replace him later, and I think again for what, even if it's for the twelve games you get him, I get he's the number one wide receiver in football. I mean, last year again on a points per game basis, he was the number one wide receiver in football. He was better than Jefferson, better than Tyreek, better than Chase, better than everyone, and so that's my expectation. But there's more risk now, and so I'm I'm definitely not taking him in the first round, um, and I'd want to be fairly late in the second round before I took him now, and I'd want it to be a 10- or 12-team league where I felt like I had a better chance of replacing him 
14 team or deeper league where you feel, you know, where the talent gets thin quick, I'd be nervous about him in either the first two rounds. Yeah, and I think the concern, it's not so much about the injury right now, and it's a concern that he's seeing a hamstring specialist the week before the season starts, but it seems like he was supposed to training camp, and then he's coming off of a major injury from last year. Yep. But it's the fact that, you know, if he comes back week two, week three, or whatever, it's the fact that if he does it again, if he re-aggravates it, then it's like, oh, we're out for two months, Cooper Cup, while we sort this out. So that would be the concern is that he's going to have no rope, I think, because of the team and where it's at. I will say the, the last piece of this, you know, so it's just sort of like, again, it, it's sort of your level of risk. T- it's, you know, and I feel better about him in a two-wide receiver league than a three-wide receiver league, right? You know, I feel better about him in a super flex than a three-wide receiver league because then maybe I can, because we've talked about how we think running back is deep this year, especially in those middle tiers. So I don't mind, you know, in a two-wide receiver super flex league, I don't mind taking Cup as my second wide receiver because then I could, I feel good about being able to replace him and then, you know, in the, in the super flex spot. Use, um, use some of the running backs. I will say that you know we talk about sort of insurance running backs, and there aren't a lot of insurance wide receivers, but I will say that I think Van Jefferson, for as long as Cooper Cup is out, gets a significant target share. Him and Tyler Higby, yeah. they're going to be the entire passing game, with all due respect to Tutu Atwell and, you know, and... Um, and Puka Nakua, yeah, right. right, and uh, Ben Skoronek. Is that how he's pronounced yeah, it? Ben Skoronek. It. Yep. You know, like... like it's going to be Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby. Probably be a fairly run-heavy offense as well. One of the reasons why we like Cam Akers a lot at his current ADP. But that's the concern. Um, so I do think that if I drafted Cooper Cup, I don't mind using a late-round pick on Van Jefferson because I do think as long as Cup is, a- is out, Jefferson is not going to put up Cup numbers, but he'll be viable. He'll be a usable piece. Looking at some more optimistic news over for the Dolphins, Jalen Waddell, who's been dealing with a midsection injury this summer, and Devon A. Chain, the rookie running back, he's been dealing with that shoulder. They both returned to practice on Monday, but the other end of this, guys, and we talk about how important this player is, Jay, for Miami's offense, Tron Armstead did not practice. He's dealing with a leg injury. Now, maybe a guy that gets that veteran's rest day while dealing with injuries. But still, he's a player we've talked about you have to keep an eye on week by week. Yeah, definitely. And that's an injury that even though, you know, obviously he's not in fantasy lineups, but Teron Armstead does impact everything about that passing game. I think back, Connor, to that game the Dolphins played against the Texans last year where the Texans were not known for their vaunted pass rush. Armstead comes out of the game and the Texans get like four, four sacks and ten snaps. It's just completely ridiculous. The drop-off there is significant. Waddle seems like he will be fine. A-chain, and we'll see how that situation shakes out with Raheem Mostert, but would you rather have Jalen Waddle or Cooper Cup right now? Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I think it's, think even, better, it's I not think even yeah. close, yeah. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, did you see how I answered without hesitation? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't have think. to think about it. <laughs> Jalen Waddle. Yeah. yeah. Puka Nakua, by the way, would go great in your shirt with his yes. island theme. <laughs> I, he would. I believe he, I believe he would. Absolutely. I think I look good. I gotta be honest with you. I think I look good. A lot of color. I, defi- color I definitely don't look like a middle-aged man <laughs> no. wearing a Hawaiian shirt. No. Uh, yeah. So definitely, I prefer I prefer Waddle. Look, and I if I left a draft, if I'm in a draft and I see somebody else take Devontae Smith or T. Higgins again, high-end wide receiver twos for the teams, just like Waddle. I'm not going like, what was that guy thinking? You know what I mean? Like that's like a you know, um, that it, to me it's a conversation. It sort of feel again. It, it's a it's a feel thing about how. When you draft, if we've gotten any updates by then, and how you feel about the rest of your team, and candidly the rest of your league, like is it a, is it an active league where you're like there's not going to be anything left on the uh, waiver wire, or is it something that you feel like you you able to mix and match for as long if if and when Cooper a cup misses time? 
And again, we don't know. There's a chance Cup's out there for week one. It's a, we just don't know what these specialists says, but it's worth raising. There is more risk with Cooper Cup now than there was a week ago and certainly than there was a month ago. Yep. More wide receiver news. Kadarius Toney, who suffered the partially torn meniscus at the beginning of training camp, he's working his way back and was limited in Monday's practice. Now, Barry, obviously the Chiefs are on the shortest of weeks out of everybody, and everyone's trying to dissect who is going to be the guy in the Chiefs' offense. Do you think Tony can establish that early on, or is his injury history and missing so much at camp kind of take him out of the picture early on? I think it takes him out of the picture early on for the guy that's leading the team. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is Travis Kelsey's leading the team. Right. The passing offense goes to Travis Kelsey, and then what we're doing is just trying to figure out what the scraps are behind Travis Kelsey. And we've seen it. Like, you know, we saw this last year, right? I mean, there were games in which Juju Smith-Schuster was a thing last year, and we, you know, there were, each of these guys had moments, right? And MVS will catch a long one, right? And, and like, so, uh, but in terms of my week one ranks, if I'm starting a non-Kansas City pass catcher, a non-Travis Kelsey pass catcher for the Chiefs, Sky Moore will be the guy. Having said that, Kadarius Tony is one of those guys that doesn't need to play a full complement of snaps to be effective and be a fantasy star. Like, they'll come up, he'll have a package. My guess is, guess, my guess is that he will have a package for him on Thursday night um, that will, uh, by the way, right here on NBC and Peacock, I'm a company man, Football Night in America precedes that. I'm on a plane tonight, Kansas City. So, um, and I'll be, uh, I'll be doing the happy hour show from Kansas City for the next three days. Is this days. the flight attire? I really yeah, hope it I is. Might. Maybe I, you know, I, I, had, I had something different, but maybe I will. Screw it. Yeah, write it out. Um, uh, so, Anyway, um, yeah, but so I, I'm, he's going to have a package. And so would it surprise me if he had some kind of, you know, weird gadget play in the end zone and scored a touch on Thursday night? Absolutely not. Kadarius Tony is one of the highest uh, risk-reward players in, the, in this year's draft because when healthy, he could be awesome. And I know they love him in Kansas City. They're excited about his versatility. Just can't stay on the field. Yeah, and I think for the most part, it's smart to kind of fade injury concerns. Think about how everyone was thinking about Saquon Barkley heading into last year. Where I was like, oh, I don't want any part of this guy's body. Now we never talk about, this year we're not talking about Saquon's knees at all. That is not a conversation. Or Chris McCaffrey. McCaffrey's the same thing. McCaffrey, he was one too where he, his injuries were like thigh, then ankle, then hamstring. They were all just like random little things that popped up. With Kadarius Tony, though, I mean, the guy just cannot stay on the field. He's just constantly injured. The knee is the issue. Both hamstrings. It's just all over the place. So I think he's one guy when you can kind of bake in some elevated injury risk. But Connor, really curious about Sky Moore, who I think is one of the most interesting players in the NFL this year just because of the potential ceiling that he has. Is he someone who could be like a 1,000-yard receiver this year? I think he can. He showed the ability to win deep in college. He played for Western Michigan, had a monster final season. He runs really good routes. He understands how to get off the line of scrimmage. I think playing with Mahomes gives him that ceiling. If he was in an average quarterback situation, you kind of shrug and we'd look at him as the classic, maybe a flex guy. But in this situation, it raises his ceiling because he can win down the field. Yep. I just like the fact that Jay has injury concern questions about Kadarius Tony, but for like literally three months, nothing about Michael Thomas. He's fine. He's but healthy. He's, he's good. He's only thirty. Need, right, he's only thirty. Who needs two good ankles? He's got at least one. one. Right. Oh yeah. man. But yes, but Kadarius Tony, who's like whatever, twenty-three. Yeah. By all means, I'm nervous there. Fifty-five. Yeah, Michael Thomas. No such concerns. That's what they say about you, Barry. Yeah. 23 going up 55. <laughs> That's pretty much me. Love it. Listen, Matthew, you should just be happy that the immediate, I know you don't like me making NBA comparisons, so I really, <laughs> my, immediately in my head I was like, oh, Chris Stapps, Wazingas. <laughs> no, I'll go Saquon in his knees. There you yeah. go. That was good. That was yeah. helpful. I'm going to be honest. The next player here, 
I'm really he's starting to become what Barry would call a chicken player for me. Yeah, when you talk about injury concerns, George Kittle uh, did not practice on Monday. He was diagnosed with an abductor strain in mid-August. Kittle has not played a full season since 2018. We know how great of a player George Kittle is, but I think we're at the point here, guys, where watching George Kittle on the injury report week in and week out is massive in terms of, Barry, where you draft him considering ADP. I've already, he already made – look, he made my preseason hate list. He made my chicken – you know, I, I, my 10 list of 10 is up on NBCSports.com right now, and one of my 10 lists is my 10 chicken players – Famously, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan coach, said, you know, that uh, chicken is a nervous bird. So these are the guys that make me nervous, just bad vibes. And Kittle is one of those guys. We love George Kittle on this show. He's been a guest on the show. He is an awesome human being. He is an amazing NFL player. Fantasy-wise, in terms of where you have to draft him, I am concerned. 2018 was the last time George Kittle played a full NFL season, right? He's missed 13 games over the last three years. And one of the challenges with George Kittle as a fantasy asset is the fact that as an NFL player, he's an unbelievable blocker, right? And so we, we've talked about this. So often, even if he's on the field, he's not necessarily running a route because we've talked about this throughout, um, uh, throughout the preseason, which is last year in the games in which Ayuk, Samuel, and CMC were all active, he had a 15% target share. They just He just won. That, you didn't notice that because he was scoring touchdowns, but touchdowns can be fluky. And in a full year in the system with Brock Purdy, full year with McCaffrey there, having Debo and IU healthy as well, I don't know that Kittle gets the same kind of touchdown production. Then you add in this injury as well. Again, injuries have been a concern for this guy. 13 missed games over the last three years. I, I, here's what I'm saying. He's probably rightfully ranked as tight end five, but I would much rather have Goddard or Fryermuth or Njoku or even Ingram. Kyle Pitt, you know what I mean? Like, it's a cost. It's a, yes, at cost. I've said this many times. I want to be either one of the first guys in my league to get a tight end, which includes the first four, Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Waller, or one of the last guys in my league to get a starting tight end, which is sort of the, the Fryermuth, Ingram, Njoku. We, Tyler Higby should move up boards right. now, especially with the concern around, um, around him. We talked up Gerald Everett. I, you know, so Kittle's, Kittle is somebody that I have literally – I have him in a dynasty league, so I can't get rid of him there. But other than that, I have zero shares of Kittle in redraft this year. Yep, I'm with you. There's two things with Kittle. One, last the final four weeks of last season, he scored seven touchdowns. Before last year, he'd never had more than six in an entire season. So that's unsustainable. It's not like he was playing in bad offenses his whole career either. Secondly, I think there's this perception that Kittle and Purdy have this amazing connection because he wa- Kittle was so good down the end of last season. But we forget that Debo Samuel wasn't playing a lot of those games. And when Debo came back in the playoffs, the two playoff games before... I'm ruling out the NFC title game, which wasn't a real game of football after the Niners lost all their quarterbacks. But in those two playoff games against Seattle and Dallas... Debo had 16 targets. George Kittle had seven. George Kittle had seven targets across two playoff games. And I think that is perhaps more representative of what we're going to see this season than when he was, you know, the best tight end in fantasy the final month or thereabouts because of all the touchdowns he was getting. Staying in the tight end market, uh, Mark Andrews has, has missed six straight practices with an undisclosed injury. But we got to hear from John Harbaugh last week and yesterday on Andrews, who is expected to return to practice this Wednesday. You don't need to panic about that. And I tell the fans it's going to be okay, but um, he'll be out, should be out there practicing next week. I expect him to play in the game, and uh, he should be fine. So uh, that's where we're at with that. 
Yeah, good. <laughs> it's okay. It's good. John, uh, you didn't see Mark Andrews out there. You said don't push the panic button. Right. Are we still on that timetable? Right, we're still not pushing the panic button. Uh, we should see him out there Wednesday, so. So, yeah. there you go. Like, so the first quote, just so you know, just so people that are only listening audio-wise, the first quote was from last week, and then the, the most recent quote was still not hitting the panic button, you should see him out there Wednesday, was yesterday. Correct? Face changed a little bit. Face changed a little bit, <laughs> yeah. by the way. They play Houston. If you're... I, I'll do respect to the Texans organization here, but I just... Just would ask, like to ask my esteemed colleagues, Jay Croucher and Connor Rogers here for one minute. If you're head coach John Harbaugh and you have Super Bowl aspirations, you know, and uh, you're playing the Texans week one and your franchise player is a little, is a little less than 100%, are you pushing them out there? You're like, eh, we got this one. Well, one, it's home in Baltimore. The Ravens are 10-point favorites. Uh, so I think that they'll be right with or without Mark Andrews. I think the concern is it's not something like... Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. It's just the idea is that he was playing all last season, but he was banged up. If he's yeah. playing this season banged up again, then you know he's not going to be tight end two in fantasy, I would think, by the end of the year. Then guys like TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller, who are going a little bit later, I think they become more appealing. But, I mean, yeah, there was a clear change in tone. It, I'd say the first Harbaugh quote seemed like he was about... 10 to 1 to hit the panic button. Now it seems more like plus 250 to hit the panic button in the odds of and, and there's a thing, like, again, they have a lot of weapons there. So him at less than 100% is concerning, especially because, by the way, they also have Isaiah Likely, who I'm obsessed with. I talked about him all last year. That is somebody who, when Mark Andrews was out, he had a great preseason last year. And when Mark Andrews was out last year, produced. Like, he's somebody that I think is a starting tight end for most teams in the NFL, Connor. Well, could you stream him, you think, if Andrews misses time? I, if, against the if, Texans? If I, I a thousand percent. Yeah. Like, if you're playing DFS, he's going to be a chalk DFS play for sure. But, yeah, I mean, like, if you waited on tight end, you don't love your tight end, or you have George Kittle, and you're suddenly, right. like, a little nervous. Like, they play Pittsburgh week one. Like, you don't love that matchup. Right. You know, like, like, it's like Patrick. Good he, luck. Right. Exa- th- well, exactly. Like, he's going to write, or they're going to be like, listen, we need you to double TJ Watt. You know what I mean? Like, stay in and block if he's even active for that game. So, um, Isaiah Likely, I think, is the rare tight end insurance back, right, tight end insurance player that you know that if Andrews is out, he's a top 10 fantasy tight end. Can Isaiah Likely just not block, or what's his issue? Is it just purely that he's they're more not... of a move blocker. Okay. Like, you want him moving in the run game blocking. You don't want to just park him next to a tackle and be yeah. like, here, you get to deal with edge rushers for a game. But how many tight ends that are effective in fantasy do that? Not right. many. Very so good. he's an excellent pass catcher. By the way, I'm, I'm also a move blocker by this. I mean, like, <laughs> and I move very, very quickly. Yeah, we don't park me next move, to a tackle. Right, exactly. Don't park me next to a tackle. Yep. Good don't burst. park me next to anything, obviously, other than maybe a margarita machine. All right, our last bit of player news here. The Colts' backfield. Everybody's trying to figure out where they go after Jonathan Taylor officially placed on the short-term IR. Shane Steichen touched on that as well as Zach Moss's injury. Progressing well. Um, he was out there today with the guys. Um, we'll see where that goes this week, but he's progressing well. No JT, you've had Zach. How, how do you look at that for, for game day? What was I think it's running back committee? by committee. I, I do. I think uh, with anything, you know, when whoever's got the hot hand, let him ride a little bit and go with that. Um, but again, we'll, we'll rotate those guys in, um, see where everyone's at, and like I said, we'll ride with the hot hand. Ideally, would you like to know who your guy is? I mean, I think that'll take place, you know, over the first couple weeks, you know what I mean? See who's rolling pretty good, and then you go from there. 
So Shane Steigen says ride the hot hand, guys. That sounds to me like Anthony Richardson might just be the hot hand for the Colts run game at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot going on here, right? So first off, they don't know what's the status of Jonathan Taylor. We just know that he's going to miss the first four games, and we just don't know if he's going to be on this roster, if he's ever going to play a snap for the Colts again. Lots going on there. The other thing is, is so Shane Steichen, right? Um, let's think about let's think about him. Where does he come from? Philadelphia comes from Philadelphia. What does Philadelphia do? Multiple running backs. They have four years under under Steichen. You know, I mean, um, over Sirianni, the last couple yep. of years, right? I mean, bo- you know, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders last year, some Kenneth Gainwell as well, along with, of course, uh, Jalen Hurts in the backfield, and he's got. You know, a a quarterback in Anthony Richardson that we think would can be a threat around the goal line. So I think it is will it will be some Deion Jackson, Zach Moss, Evan Hall. I will say this: so Evan Hall, last two years at Northwestern, eighty eight receptions, um, like so a really nice pass catcher. Yeah. Deion Jackson is more of a, and you can talk to this as well. Tell me if you disagree with anything. Say Zach Moss is a north south guy. Absolutely. He's not a guy you're putting in on third down. Deion Jackson is more of a complete back. We saw that last year when he filled in for the two games when Jonathan Taylor went out. Like, they used him in the passing game. They used him instead of Naheem Hines at times. So, but he fell out of favor. This is Deion Jackson. Fell out of favor with the, um, with the coaching staff, the, the coaching staff last year, you remember? And, like, there was a whole – it was a weird – there was, like, some weird thing. And then right. he was, like – he was a healthy scratch for a game. Like, he would performed so well. And then he was – and then JT came back. And then JT got hurt again. He was a healthy scratch. Yep. There's just weird stuff. But – so the positives for Deion Jackson is that he's done it, right? He's filled in for Jonathan Taylor. He's been effective. He's a three-down back, and it's a brand-new coaching staff that doesn't hate him. So um, all those things are positive. The negatives are, again, they traded for Zach Moss, right, who's a north-south guy, and you could see a scenario where they use Zach Moss as the first second-down back and Evan Hall, who's a really nice pass catcher, as the third-down back. How was Evan Hull's blocking at Northwestern? Is he well-known for that? He's solid, yeah. You can rely on him because he's an outlet back. He's a guy that can keep back there and then also chip and release and catch the ball in short yardage situations. And coaches don't like to do that with rookies, but I look at this backfield and think he would be the only guy I would want in that situation. So you're looking at, you're looking at a low-volume offense with a quarterback that is likely to vulture some touchdowns at the goal line. And it's going to be a three-headed monster. Again, he, he's literally told us, I think it's going to be a running back by committee. We'll ride the hot hand. Who knows who the hot hand is going to be? And then, oh, by the way, you know, like, there's a chance that even if there's one guy, that, you know, Richardson gets the touch on carry. So I, I, I've seen a lot of activity around this backfield on the waiver wires and a bunch of leagues that have already drafted. I've seen Deion Jackson and Evan Hall picked up a decent amount. Same with Zach Moss. My week one rankings will have Deion Jackson the highest of those guys just because he's done it and he has pass-catching ability. But, like, you know, in Dynasty, I'd probably throw a higher bid on Evan Hall just because right. he's younger. But, yeah. like, I don't, I don't feel great about any of it. a lot of excitement here. No. no. I mean, we're struggling to figure out, like, the Philadelphia three-headed monster. And right. So, like, the Indianapolis Colts three-headed monster, it's just not quite uh, as exciting. I do think that Deion Jackson is the guy – just because, as you raised, the pass-catching ability where week one they play Jacksonville. It is in Indianapolis, but the Colts are four-and-a-half-point dogs. The Jags had a really good run defense last year, which I don't think has gotten any worse. And so I think the Jackson is just the guy that you want, you know, particularly in PPR. But, I mean, yeah, all of these guys, it's, I don't think anyone's going to win you your league. But in week one where you've got – no, there's no teams on by, and unless you – you know, unless there's a sudden scratch at running back position, all the injuries we're hearing from about are mostly – non you know 
they're, we're talking to wide receivers and tight ends and you know and and Burrow. So you probably don't need to start Deion Jackson except in a super deep league. But yes, he would be the guy. We don't even know if Zach Moss will be active for this game. He's been pretty banged up throughout the preseason. Yeah, he's dealing with the uh, the broken forearm that he had surgery on, and also on Monday they hosted James Robinson for a visit. So the new a, Kenyon Drake. So a confusing backfield could wow. become even more confusing. <laughs> Leonard Fournette. What do I got to do to get a call? <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting here. Where's Uncle Lenny at? I don't uh, think he wants to play in Indianapolis. I don't either, but I think he wants to play. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a visit. Come on. Give him a look. Yeah, give him a look. Feels, Kick the tires. Still feels more like a Cowboys. I like um, Uncle Lenny. I don't, you know, whatever. I don't, do. I don't have anything against him. Yeah, I just don't I think he it. wants to play with a rookie Indiana quarterback. Was, he thinks so, maybe. I mean, I don't know. You know, he, he won a Super Bowl. He got a Super Bowl ring. Like sure. Playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny. He's just looking for a gig. I didn't event. I didn't event with Leonard Fournette um, this past spring. It was it was the Tom Brady event. Just wanted to sort of mention that. I thought quickly. it was the Matthew Berry event. Yeah, right. Uh, Gronk. No, you lost somebody I, there. Yeah, it was. I did. I mossed Gronk. Gronk covered me. <laughs> I caught a pass from Brady. But yeah, it was me, Fournette. It was not in this particular order. Me, Brady, Fournette, and um, uh, Gronk. And so yeah, it was a great event. Great event for uh, autograph. Uh, anyway, uh, so I met him. I liked him a lot. I don't know. Super nice guy. Super personable. <laughs> Sign him. Sign Lenny. him, Indianapolis. Leonard Fournette. But by the way, you can't tell me Leonard Fournette isn't better than like. A lot of the running better than are, James Robinson. I can tell you that right now. I come on, got to cover right. that with the Jets last year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right, and he got a cup uh, coming. Oh, with the Giants, right? Was he with the Giants for like two he was weeks? With the Patriots for a day and the Giants for a week, right. I, something like then that. Then they saw enough. Yes. Yeah. So okay. we'll see where that goes. All right, we're taking our first break. When we're back, waiver, our first waiver wired of the season. We'll look at some players that are not rostered enough in Yahoo League. So we'll be back after this. Ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Here's your chance. Win a VIP trip for two to watch a live taping of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Go behind the scenes, meet the crew, and get a front row seat to all the fantasy insights and debates to help you win your league. Live from the NBC Sports Studio. Enter now at NBCSports.com slash Sweeps. Contest ends September 10th. And if you want a glimpse into what it's like with the Happy Hour crew, 
Here are some highlights from our league draft held last week. Should Jay Croucher be allowed to draft Chris Olave? Shouldn't he be forced to take Michael Thomas? <laughs> like, if you're not, no, no, no. Like, like you're the one who's been, you've been defending oh. Michael Thomas for so long, and now you draft Olave, the reason all of us have been anti-Michael Thomas. I don't think you're allowed to have Olave on your team. So I get my last year's ride or die, Jalen Hurts. I get this year's ride or die, Amon Ross St. Brown. And then I get my best friend, Eights. C.D. Lamb to the rescue, but you know. I call him eight. They're you can Justin take Herbert. your ride or die. Yeah, <laughs> like Justin that's smart. Yeah, you can have Joe Barrow. And it's tough. <laughs> Just one. I've always liked you. Can't wait for the social clip of us asking if, if our researcher knows it's Superflex or not. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. No, double check your notes from now on. No, I'm driving. <laughs> oh, look. What do you know? It's Zach oh, Prescott. Man. Can I try for him? <laughs> Dak attack. A great pillar. Oh! <laughs> Welcome to the team, future Hall of Famer, Sam Howell. Let's go. My favorite pick of the draft was Matthew auto-drafting Tank Dell uh, and asking with one second left on the clock for the draft to be paused. Timeout. Yeah, which, big yellow. Uh, <laughs> pause the draft. I, don't, I think we call the, the league the Fantasy Football Happy Hour League, but what we really want to call it is the League of Assholes because that's what it is. Like, I'm so annoyed with everyone in this league. They all stole my players. They should have left the good players for me, and they didn't. Uh, I still managed to uh, crush the league like a like a great and uh, future MVP Sam Howell. Welcome to the squad. There you go. One of the best. Uh, hey, uh, Stephen D'Agostino, wherever you're, you are, I think you're the commissioner. Is it him or Damien? Do we know who uh, who's actually running this league? Is it Damien? Believe it's joint. All right. Yes. So the two of one of you. I want one of you to change the the, the league name to League of Assholes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So all of you guys are animals, but what we are competing for is one of these sweet, sweet WWE belts, he said, by way of corporate synergy <laughs> and uh, smooth segue. No, but our friends at WWE, they, uh, they sent us these belts, they're pretty sick. I got, uh, they're all team-inspired, so I got a commander's one here. Jay is merely borrowing, he'll have to give it up very soon, because uh, we know you're not winning this league. Uh, a Chiefs one. Right there, and then of course uh, you've got the you got the, the Lions, Lions for the one pride, one prize. Yes, that's for the right. opener, obviously Lions Chiefs Thursday night, NBC and Peacock. Um, boys, which one of you think which one of you will finish second? Is my uh, question. We could look at the rosters honestly and decide. Let's take a look at the rosters. Oh, let's take a look this at the rosters. Be yeah, we'll, let's start with, we'll start with yours. So it's a super flex team. You weren't you weren't yeah. thrilled uh, <laughs> you in the beginning of this draft. I was annoyed. Yes. Well, freaking Dan from Mexico. Um, <laughs> I think uh, in the Mexico. PA on our league. <laughs> to be clear, yeah. he lives here, but he was drafted from Mexico. <laughs> Here's my team. Uh, Here's not my a great team. Time. For those of you that can't see, uh, so it's a superflex league. My two quarterbacks. Uh, Twelve. It's twelve team superflex league. It's uh, Jalen Hurts and Sam Howell. I like that. My third quarterback is Tannehill. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, my running backs, Damian Pierce on my love list, Dave Montgomery on my love list. I also got, I stole Raheem Mostert, Raheem the Dream, Good. Raheem must start, new starting running back uh, for the Miami Dolphins late. I also got uh, Rashad Penny and Sean Tucker as kind of some uh, some late round flyers there. Wide receivers and, and tight end is where I crush you guys though. Amon Ross St. Brown. Well, I've, already, I've already got Jalen Hurts and I've Sam Howell quarterback. Hang on. <laughs> I got Amon Ross St. Brown, my ride or die. Eight, CeeDee Lamb, my buddy. And then look at these flexes, right? Hollywood Brown is going to get a monster target share. Jordan, Addis Jordan Addison, who is my favorite uh, rookie this year. Sky Moore, Tank Dell. Those guys are awesome. And then a tight end, TJ Hawkinson. 
and Gerald Everett. I got late. We'll talk about the Gerald Everett thing in a moment. But that is, that's a that's a crush of it. That's an awesome, awesome team. And despite all of you guys sniping all my players, I still managed to come away with this winning squad. All right, Jay, let's take a look at your roster here. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, the 27 Yankees, the 85 <laughs> Bears, the 96 Bulls. Those teams are about to have company. My team's absolutely loaded. Uh, so we take a look at it now. Justin Herbert, <laughs> we got in the eighth pick. It's super flakes, ridiculous. And then Connie will talk about his team <laughs> later. He gets Joe Burrow at nine. Just insane. Well, it's honestly part of it is because Penn State Blake, our researcher, didn't read the rules and yeah, didn't yeah. know it was a super flex. Exactly. So and, and he screwed prostate. everything up. Yeah, we he followed the seven habits. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he did not. Do, he did not follow. He followed. There was at least one of the seven habits of highly effective drafters. He did not follow. Yeah. He was not a highly effective yeah. guy. And, and Team Croucher and Team Rogers took advantage. Yeah. Justin Herbert, quarterback, Stefan Diggs, Chris Olave as top two wide receivers. Etienne, Najee Harris, I got at the end of the fifth round. Again, this is way too late. Pat Frymuth, stacking a lot of steelers, which we'll see how that goes. And then Cam Akers, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin round out. The starters with my man, my new New Orleans Saint love affair, Derek Carr, given that Michael Thomas is out, got him uh, at, in the middle of the 10th round. And then nah, Josh Dobbs is the backup quarterback. Hopefully he won't see time. Deion Jackson, Devin Singletary, Nico Collins, Darnell Mooney, Dalton Schultz. Don't really love my I, bench, I like, but it's I a mean, bench I like for a Nico reason. Collins, but again, you have three Texans on your team. That's fine. They're all taken in the 11th Texans, round or later. You have three Texans, three Steelers. Um, we love the two, Steelers. Two Saints. Um, Big yeah, fan of the stats. We do, we do, we do love the, we do love this, we do love the Steelers. I don't know that we love. I, I like Fryer Muth, especially where you got him, and we really like Deontay Johnson. What Najee not, Harris not, at the end of the fifth round? It's just too late. He's fine, is what he is. Um, I do hope you get good production out of Terry McLaurin. I like uh, that selection as well. This is listen. I've seen you draft much worse <laughs> than this, Jay. So this was positive. You, you did, you did just fine here. You Thanks. just did. Uh, you did just fine there. I think your bench needs work, but um, not Listen, a lot of upside on the bench. But stay around for waiver wire, Jay. Yeah, we'll help exactly. that in a second. All right, but so it's a good starting lineup for sure. We'll close this out with my team. Like Jay said, Herbert goes to him at eight. I get Burrow at nine and Which super is ridiculous. Flex. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's, it's a not a miracle. It's, it's not a miracle. miracle. Yes. It's Penn State Blake. Like just Joe Burrow you know, at nine. I oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, we are <laughs> crappy. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, That's the cheer you need to keep saying, uh, Penn State Blake. Because, like, uh, right, we are ignoring the rules. We are screwing the league. Joe Burrow followed by Austin Eckler, uh, another fantasy life investor, by the way. Yes. Austin Eckler, Devontae Smith, and Keenan Allen at wide receiver. I also got Brandon Ayuk and Chris Godwin in my flex spots along with George Pickens. That was kind of the thing I was happiest with is the wide receiver depth of this team. Jared Goff is my... Other quarterback in the super flex spot with Jimmy G as the third quarterback. Jerick McKinnon, Devon, I think Barry wants to trade for Devon A. Chain for my roster. Uh, I got him in the 12th round as well. Rashid Jaheed, my sleeper, mm-hmm. got him in the 14th, which I believe, Barry, you were looking for him at some point, trying yeah. to pause the draft. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, so I think you yelled timeout. I, it was a great moment. I, I do, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of the platform we drafted on. I'll just leave it at that. Um, uh, I, so I will just leave it at that. Um, but here's what I will say is, uh, yeah, you sniped me on Brian Robinson. Uh, wouldn't have minded Goff following to me because I had him on Ross St. Brown. I will say I give Jay credit there. He did he did stack. for his, If he's going to go with a crappy second quarterback, at least he stacked him <laughs> yeah. with Olave. So he got Carr and Olave. Um, I was hoping Robinson, you snaked me on uh, Robinson, Goff, and, uh, and A-Chain. 
uh, specifically there were guys that I was hoping to fall to me that you took like three or four picks before me. Um, and I wouldn't have mind Pickens either. I'm surprised. That's once – Jay, did you not how, – how did he snake – it was one pick before you. Otherwise, you'd have probably taken Pickens too because, God forbid, you only have Four three Steelers. Steelers. I think I took Terry McLaurin before it, that. Terry McLaurin is going way too late. Yeah, I agree with that. So he's missing the first five weeks. He's he, not. We don't know. Well, probably are, not. T- 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 <laughs> we <laughs> hope not for you and hope not for me and my Sam Howell. Yeah. Um, but uh, future Hall of Famer Sam Howell as he's referred to on the show. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, who needs toes to, as a wide receiver, right? Full he's got nine fight. of them. Yeah, exactly. He's got nine of them. He'll be fine. He's, he's tough. Fine. He's good. He's All right. Good. As a reminder. I wish we could show Penn State Blake's team. We, I mean, we can tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll, uh, maybe, t- maybe. Stick around. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe include it in the maybe, poll. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll. T- maybe Barry, I'll Barry might put out. up a poll of the three teams, but I think we'll put up Blake's team as the fourth as well. Let's just put up starting lineups. Yeah, so we're not going to get into the bench. Yeah, the Texas bench. Uh, but, that's just, but that's part of it. That's part. Of it. Well, I do want to trade for Devon A. Chain, so I might have yeah. to do that. Uh, I'll stack off with him on Ross St. Brown. Sure. You want to trade for <laughs> Devin Singletary because he's on the block. Ew, interesting. Maybe, <laughs> but probably not. We'll see who takes home one of these WWE legacy belts. In case your league is looking for a trophy, the WWE and the NFL have joined forces to bring you NFL legacy title belts. Get your favorite team's belt right now at fanatics.com, nflshop.com, or wweshop.com. All right, guys, let's get into waiver wired for week one. Obviously, I might take this home. You should. It's your team. I, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this home, and I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear every it. Sunday. No, just you know, when I spend time with my wife. Ah, yes. <laughs> You'd be dressed. You'd be like, I'm dressed this, for the day. This, I'm going to wear this and nothing else. Oh, boy. Oh, man. It's a terrifying visual. <laughs> Particularly yes, if you picture the, the unicorn and the teddy bear yeah. in, the, in the visual <laughs> with you on the belt. We spend time in a different room. And <laughs> the title belt. Yeah. All right. How about waiver wired? Week one. <laughs> I get that. Tank is, Bigsby? Yeah. Are you going to call yourself just Tank Bigsby? Can WWE executives and, uh, and fanatics executives and NFL executives? So have the integration with there we go. Um, just watch the first part of the clip. Yeah, yeah exactly. After Sorry. the promo read, just turn uh, it off. That's where it'll be cut wisely. It is nice, though. I will say it is. It is. It's like it's heavy and it's nice. Um, these are pretty impressive. I gotta admit, like they're not cheap. They're not. They were not cheap. They're the real made. thing. They're they, they are legit real things. All right. All right. Let's look at the top running back ads for Week One. You might have finished your draft. You look at your roster. There's a player. You're scratching your head. You said, "I don't know why I took this guy," and you decide to go to the waiver wire before Week One begins. Jay is right here. Like at some point, Jay is right here. Come on, Motor Singletary Come maybe on. doesn't make the yeah. final roster. Yeah. Dalton Schultz, a lot of guys. Stick on. Right. When you have a five-man bench and three of them are Texans. <laughs> yeah. I went with the L.A. Rams Super Bowl team build. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, Donald Ramsey, Stafford Cup, and then figure the rest out later. Yeah. Uh, but Jalen Warren uh, is a guy who I was hoping to get uh, in my draft because I'd taken yeah. Najee Harris at the again, right. end of the fifth round, which is yeah. so ridiculous. Future but there is a chance that Jalen Warren is the, the running back you want in Pittsburgh, ultimately. Wait, just listen. Whether Najee Harris loses the starting job full-time to Jalen Warren, either way, Jalen Warren is going to – he is two things. He's both obviously a very key insurance back for anyone that has uh, Najee Harris on their team. But more importantly, he's going to have a role on this team – he played six different games last year with nine or more touches, and he averaged almost 68 yards from scrimmage, multiple red zone touches in three of his final four games, his rookie season. Like, they trust him more and more. We've already talked about uh, A-Chain, obviously, with Wilson on IR. Um, you know, A-Chain, who, they, who has high draft capital. is really interesting. Mostert has dealt with injuries. Tank Bigsby is another guy that I absolutely love because that is somebody that will have a role in this offense from moment one. And then, obviously, if anything were to happen to ETN. Yeah. 
So, do you have Tank? I know because you have ETN. Do you have Tank Bigsby on your team? I don't have Tank Bigsby. That I think is a did shame. You, did you take Tank Bigsby? I wish. I wish. No, I don't no, have no, Tank you Bigsby. Took tank, Somebody, you took Dell. I took Tank Dell. I took one of the tanks. I took the Texan you actually want. Yeah. I took the Texan you actually want. Why uh, tank we talked about Deion Jackson as well, but Tajay Spears, I don't know that he's going to have a role immediately, but he will. He is, again, if anything were to happen to Derrick Henry, which we have seen in the past, he would immediately become a top 10 fantasy running back. Yep. All right, let's look at the pass catchers in the same mold here based on percent roster. These are various top pass catcher waiver wire ads for the week, and that is headlined by Zay Jones, who's only rostered in 32% of leagues. And then, of course, Romeo Dobbs, who's only rostered in 31% of leagues right now. Yeah, and, you know, you've got Sky Moore on the list as well that we've talked about. Uh, We talked about him earlier when we talked about the Thursday night game. Zay Jones had a 22% target share last year, and I know they've added Calvin Ridley, but, again, we expect that to be a very pass-heavy offense. I want to point out Marvin Mims on this list, who averaged over 20 yards per catch each of the past two seasons in college. No Tim Patrick for the year. Jerry Judy's expected to miss multiple games. No K.J. Hamler. Again, Sean Payton used a second-round pick on this kid. I'm a big Marvin Mims fan because one of the things that we know from last year, we expect a big bounce back from Russell Wilson, but one thing that Wilson did not lose last year was his ability to throw the deep ball. And so Mims is somebody who can get it. And then you finally you see there on your screen Luke Musgrave. So in our league that we, we just drafted, I drafted Gerald Everett late. And then I noticed no one took Luke Musgrave. And I thought to myself, you know what? Come on down. Come be, Luke Musgrave <laughs> should be part of a champion. And so Luke Musgrave will get a piece of this at the end of the year. Uh, my argument here is that – so I have TJ Hawkinson. I'm not saying Musgrave is better than Everett. but I, So I dropped Everett to pick up Luke Musgrave. I'm not saying that uh, Musgrave will be better than Everett. Everett has a much higher floor. Like there's a production. But I think in terms of range of outcomes, Gerald Everett's best option is probably like tight end 10. I mean, again, they've got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Quinton Johnston. There's only so many targets Everett's going to be. He's going to be an an above-average, solid fantasy quarterback. But there's a chance that Luke Musgrave is awesome. Like, we just don't know. There's also a chance, by the way, he's another rookie tight end that gets a lot of hype and then fizzles out. We saw this with Isaiah Likely last preseason. He just didn't get the kind of run that we thought he would. But there's a a potential that he's the number two pass catcher on a better-than-people-think passing offense in Green Bay, just behind Christian Watson. And so given that Hawkinson's my starting tight end, for my bench guy, I just want upside. I don't need a solid replacement. If Musgrave isn't anything, I'll find Everett or somebody like him for Hawkinson's bye week. But otherwise, that's why I did that. It's like, in a, in a draft, as I wanted a starting court, if I was doing a starting tight end, it'd be Everett. But if I'm shooting for the upside, I have a lot of Luke Musgrave this year. Do you think there are worlds where Luke Musgrave can outperform like Dalton Kincaid this year because of the usage? Yeah, and I think because of the red zone, right? You look at Green Bay, like you look at the Bills offense, and you're like, okay, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, maybe even Damian Harris. Those guys will get a lot of usage in the red zone. When you look at Green Bay, I don't and expect Gabe jo- Davis, by the way. Gabe Davis, who, right, of course. I mean, two years ago was a red zone exactly. machine. Exactly. It just adds to the point. Look at Green Bay. Jordan Love doesn't run like Josh Allen. Nope. Christian Watson's exciting, but he's one guy. I look at Luke Musgrave and say, why can't he be the prominent feature of their red zone offense at six foot six, 250 pounds, kind of speed he has, the catch radius. So that's where he needs to make his money as a rookie is, the, is in touchdown equity, but I think he can. Yep. Yeah. Should have drafted him over Singletary. That's all right. We'll get him next Or Dalton time. Schultz. Honestly, we can go back and look at your team. There's a lot of players. <laughs> Well, it's I was going to say, you made the point that when you're drafted, well, with waiver-wise at this point of the year, you should be adding for upside right, uh, right. and not doing necessarily what I did with my bench, taking uh, Devin Singletary and Deion Jackson. But that's okay. My starters are fantastic. 
<laughs> this is true. Like, I mean, Damon Singletary is like if something were to happen to Damian Pierce. But, yeah, that, that's, that's the idea here is especially for people that still have drafts or people that have drafted as you head to your waiver wire, just sort of look and be like, okay, you know, things have settled down. There's just some, there's some bigger upside guys out there. How about some streamers for defense? Of yeah. course, the one we're going to look at at the top is that your commanders get Arizona, who refused to announce a starting quarterback. It sounds like <laughs> they won't even be sending either of them to the media for a podium. They are playing quite the long game here, and I think the commanders' defense should absolutely feast in that game. And then, of course, you have Jacksonville going up against the Colts, and then the Vikings against the Bucks as well. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, Jacksonville has a pretty good defense. They're available in almost 80% of Yahoo leagues. And so, you know, Anthony Richardson's first start. Like, even if we like, we expect some, we, Anthony Richardson's first start without John, and it's no Jonathan Taylor. So I know the game, you know, the expectation here, even though the game is in Indy, there's going to be some turnovers and some sacks. So I, I do like Jacksonville. If Washington isn't available, I do like Jackson, Jacksonville. And like, you know, the Vikings, you know, Vikings are favored by six against the Buccaneers. Baker, my, Baker my Mayfield has been known to throw an interception or two. And, and I will say this. If for some reason the Saints are available in your league. They should be like, a top five defense. Oh, they, should, they should be a top five defense. Look at their, their schedule. We've, we've gone through this on the show. They play the three of us every week. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's the, it's the best schedule. I have the, and I, I'm not in a lot of leagues where you play defenses, but um, in those that I do, I've drafted the Saints in almost every single one of them because it's just such a ridiculous schedule. All right, we're taking our last break. When we're back, it is time for Last Call. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you... If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. As we led the show with the unfortunate passing of Jimmy Buffett, Barry, I thought you had a great post up this weekend in honor of him and his li- incredible life. You know, what I posted, for those of you who are just listening to the audio, is I wrote, I'm completely devastated with the news about Jimmy Buffett. I'm a massive fan of the music and the person. Kind, funny, brilliant. Words are inadequate to describe what he and his music mean to me. I, I mean, I had my 50th birthday party at a Jimmy Buffett show. I saw 46 Buffett shows in my life. Honestly, wasn't enough. I'm still processing it, and I probably won't ever fully recover. Jimmy created an incredible community of welcoming people from all walks of life. Thank you for a lifetime of great memories, JB. Sail on, Jimmy Buffett. 
It's been a lovely cruise, which is one of his songs. If you listen to lyrics, look, I, Jimmy Buffett influences everything I do. We start this show by saying, hey, it's noon on Peacock, but it's 5 o'clock somewhere, which is a reference to the song that he sings with Alan Jackson, right? My longest fantasy football team is named the Parrot Heads. Me and my college roommate, Chris Lindsay, started that league in 1990 together, and we do that together. So I just, it's impossible um, to do them justice and not in the short amount of time, but uh, Finn's up forever. Fins up forever. Awful, awful, awful. The world is a sadder, sadder place. Much love, everyone.